Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 63 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I'm Rick. And I am Patrick. And this is going to be the most off-the-cuff episode yet i feel like we're saying that every single time we record now though i feel like we're setting uh you know how you can do like the guinness book of world records for like the most obscure thing yeah i think that's what we're doing every week we're just trying to one-up ourselves from the week before well you know i don't think the guinness book of world records cares what these two bozos do with their (laughs) free time um if the guinness beer company cared a little bit and could send us something that'd be awesome so Actually, don't, just, I don't know if I've ever had Guinness, actually. I had it once a long, long time ago, and I did not like it. I comp- I keep comparing it to Motorola. No, so. well, that's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I've, it's not, my, it's not my favorite. So, part of the reason why we're going to be a little off the cuff tonight is because uh, for about half the day today, I didn't have power. And um, I didn't have internet today either so yeah so we've been i mean we've been kind of talking a little bit about what we're going to talk about tonight and we don't really have an answer so um <laughs> this might be short and sweet we, we might rant for a while so just just bear with us as we as we dive in and it's get... either going to be short and sweet or stupid long i got things to do man <laughs> so to be fair though i'm only going to have one beer so it's probably not going to be that long well i uh I did bring another Hershey's Porter up with me to have after the beer I have tonight. That is dope. Uh, the listeners can't see it, but Rick's daughter drew a pretty accurate depiction of Stitch. Yeah. She's pretty good at that kind of stuff. Well, she even got the little toenails. That's, that's cool. how random it's going to be tonight right there. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, look, <laughs> shiny thing. <laughs> what random thing can I show you for my office? Oh, nothing. So... So tonight uh, again, uh, we've got different beers. We've we've hit, I think, pretty much uh, just where we're going to be for a little while, just having to get different beers, um, and that's okay. That that means that we'll each get to try something new and get to talk about it on our own and mm-hmm. have different experiences. So, Rick, what are you drinking this evening? Tonight. I'm going to have from Braided River Brewing Company in Mobile, Alabama. Shout out to Mobile, Alabama. I'm pretty sure that's where Hurricane Sally landed. Maybe somewhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure whatever Zeta went pretty close to it. It hit like New Orleans or something like that. So, yeah. Um, all that's right down there on the Gulf Coast area anyway. So 
Um, Braided River Brewing Company. I've got, it's called Beer Here Now. And it is a Belgian Klotch, Kolch style ale. Okay. And it is 4.4 ABV. Mm-hmm. And that's about all they give you. Uh, it says it's a German style ale on a big classic malt and hop character. Low on carbs and calories. So if you're on a diet, this is the beer for you. Because it's low on carbs and calories. Which means I probably should thought that. It's going to be very thin. You should probably go get another beer. Um, <laughs> At 4.4, it's kind of weak, too. So Yeah. Well, um, so for, for tonight, I've got from the brewery Amagang in Cooperstown, New York. I have got the Three Philosophers. It is a... Um, Blend of Belgian style quadruple ale and authentic Belgian Creek, whatever that is. I don't know what that, I don't mm-hmm. know what Creek is. Um, it's so um, the ABV is nine point seven percent. When you sent that to me, I was like, "Dude, that is like borderline liquor." Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's got a, it's got twenty one IBUs. And um, the website says that it is the perfect beer for leisurely sipping and quiet contemplation, which I guess makes sense since it's the three philosophers beer. Um, Here's a fun fact about the Ami Gang. I'm on their website as you're talking about this. They have a Game of Thrones line of beer. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I didn't watch. My watch has ended. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but that's pretty cool. I watched some of it. So, um, I probably shouldn't admit that, but you know, yeah, it's okay. We'll pray for your soul later. Um, (laughs) so anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about this mainly because I just like beer, but, um, this might be the strongest beer either of us have had on the podcast. I think it is. The highest ABV. What was Dragon Milk was pretty hot. Dragon Milk was hot. I think it was 11%. You know what? I think you're right. New Holland. Dragon Milk Stout. I think you're right. I think it was. I think it was in the double digits. Eleven percent. Eleven percent. Okay. Yeah. You know, you can so, just search for what you're looking for, and Google will spit it out instead of you having to like hunt well, for I it. I did that. I did that. You and search then, Dragon's Milk ABV because that's what I searched. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't. I didn't search anyway, so. Dragon's Milk is the only one to this point that is going to have more ABV than the Three Philosophers. So, um, I'm going to... Dragon's Milk was good. It was good. And I'm I'm hoping this is good, too. Um, Makes me want to go find it. Yes, you should. So, let's let's crack open let's our respective beers and see what we got. The, we bo- go. the bottle for this is really cool because it's not a traditional bottle. It's kind of... Oh, hang on. I got you. You're down out of the... There you are. You see, you see the shape? Oh, nice. It's got like a narrow... It, it doesn't have the traditional long neck. Looks like a, a small wine bottle is what it looks like. Yeah. We'll post a picture of it, and I'm sure you'll see it because this will come out the day we post things. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's crack them open and see what crack we got. Crack them open. Here we go. One, two, three. Crack. Holy cow, that is strong. I got a pretty decent smell on mine, too. It's uh, this thing is like real. Mine, dude, that looks good. Is, it's got a little red, uh, hint to it. It's got the, 
you remember the particulates in the no crust? Yes. The little floaties? It's got floaties. Nice. That's always a good sign. Yeah. It's got a good smell. It's nice and it's it is a strong beer. I can tell that right now. <laughs> and my glass isn't exactly cold. I just barely got it in the freezer before we recorded, so um Well, then what we should do is we should turn them up and get to taste them before the beer gets warm. Yes, sir. So here we go. Here we go. Bottoms up. I want to hear about yours first because yours looks really interesting. So I'm trying to process it. <laughs> I don't want to drink too fast because it's 9.7 ABV. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it tastes a little bit like a like a thick syrup. Okay. Um, and I think that's just be, I don't know if that's because of the the alcohol content or what. It's not a stout, so it shouldn't be a. It's not a. It's not thick that way. Yeah. It tastes like syrup, but it doesn't have the consistency of syrup, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. It's good. The flavor's really good. Um, I can tell right now I probably need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> like two sips in, I can tell I need to slow down. Um <laughs> It's, 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 it's okay. It's the other thing is it only comes in packs of four. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a mark against it. Um, I'm, I'm still going to give it four Luthers. I mean, it's okay. Excuse me. Um, it's pretty good. It's not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's good. Not great. It's well, actually no good. Not great is three and above. What's four? Four is, four is decent. Four. I mean, it's pretty good. I'll give it four Luthers. Yeah. Four Luthers, okay. So that makes me want to go try it now, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have to see if I can find some somewhere around here. But the Braided River, so um, the smell of this uh, almost led me down Cheap Beer Alley for a second. Mm -hmm. But the taste has redeemed Cheap Beer Alley. Um, The taste is a lot better than the smell on this one. Um, This is, to me, is almost like the perfect dinner beer. Not like nice dinner beer, but like you're home, you're grilling chicken or you're grilling hamburgers, that kind of dinner beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can have two or three of them and probably not feel anything. You can probably have six of them and not feel anything, honestly. Yeah. Um, but it's got really good taste. It's got good texture. Uh, it's just, it's it's a class, it seems like a classic texture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really anything to ride home about. It's not anything abnormal. But it's just a good beer taste. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come in, and I'm probably going to surprise you. I'm only going to come in at three and a half, oh, just wow. because okay. there's just because there's nothing exceptional about it. Mm-hmm. It's just good. Yeah, uh, everything about it is good. Everything about it is is like it's supposed to be. Would you say it's like a good just beer flavored beer? Yes, beer flavored beer is exactly how I would describe it. Um, I'm trying to think of of some of the ones that we've done in the past that we've that we've called that um i can't remember um but yeah it is it's just it's good it'll get the job done um you could enjoy it you know if you're just hanging out and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um 
but but it's definitely not a five Luther. I wouldn't even put it in a four Luther class because it's just not. It, there's nothing that stands out from other beers. It's a slightly above average beer flavored beer. Yes, it's exactly what it is. So if we, you know, we give a regular beer three, this one's going to be a little bit better. It's going to be a three and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have to pick a beer flavored beer, I'd probably pick this one over something else. Definitely not going to pick it over a Yingling. Definitely not going to pick it over a Hershey's Porter. So. Mm-hmm. May have one of those later tomorrow. Well, but uh, but yeah, it's a good beer. So yeah. Brandon River three and a half. That's a good. Yeah, and in the brewery Amagang, you got uh four out of five. The scale is one to five, so don't hear three and a half and be like, "Wow, that's not very good." <laughs> it's not three and a half out of ten. It would be a seven out of ten. So that's a C. That's a C beer. Yeah. And you got a B beer. I got a B beer. So we're, uh, we're, we're keeping, I've got a pretty decent streak. That is actually the first time you've rated less than a four in several weeks. Yeah. It's been a minute. So the high and hazy IPA was the last one I gave three and a half losers to. Yeah. And I think I still have a couple of those in my fridge. So I obviously loved it so much. Um, (laughs) so anyway, that good, huh? It was, man. It was, it was great. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, well, there we go. There we have it. Be here now and three philosophers. Well done. Well done. And now we're going to move on. We're going to have a quick interlude of music. And we're going to come back and we're going to ramble for a little bit. Uh, not really going to have any kind of set, set thing, but we're going to talk about a few things. So hang tight and we will be back. And we're back. Um, we have downer beers, or mostly downer beers. And tonight, we have decided that we're going to discuss um, cancel culture and the church's role in um, perpetuating cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that sounds like we had that planned for a long time, but we literally just came up with it. So, um not we didn't come up with cancel culture. No, don't don't get that wrong. <laughs> we just invented cancel culture right now. Yes. No. So so this idea of cancel culture is like anytime someone does something moderately controversial, or you dig up an old tweet of theirs from like nine years ago when they were seventeen, um, you immediately just say like, "Oh, you no longer have any." Uh, validity or you no longer have any um standing because of this thing you know you did a long time ago or because you disagree with my belief i'm just going to choose to pretend you don't exist or get you to shut down what you're doing yes the the really funny part about cancel culture to me is that cancel culture itself never should get canceled but in and of itself, it's a disagreement. And so by its own logic, it should be canceled, but it never gets canceled because of illogical arguments. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a self-refuting argument in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it, so it can't even stand the logic of its own argument. It's like, it's like saying there's no such thing as an absolute statement. 
are you in? It, are, it's like there's no absolute truth. Like the Jedi say, there's no absolutes. Yes, and that that in and of itself is an absolute. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're when when you fall prey to your own logic with your own argument, then you need to go back and reevaluate your argument. Right. And so that that to me is where cancel culture has really caused a lot of the, I don't want to say issues. Uh, I think the issues are, are far beyond cancel culture, but mm-hmm. we see those issues bubble to the surface through cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've noticed about can, about this whole idea of cancel culture, and maybe it's just like, maybe it's just where we live. It's, it's, is how it comes across. But it's typically not until something very good is happening for an individual. Like it could be like if like how many professional athletes, for example, they're professional athletes like every single day, but they have a really good game or a really good season. And then something gets dug up that they said 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And now now it's a big deal because they're having some moderate success. You know, and, and so, you know, oh, it's obvious, you know, what they're doing on the field doesn't matter because of this thing they wrote on the internet when they were 16. Like, we all said stupid things when we were 16. Some of us just Here's didn't the have thing. the internet. If you didn't say something stupid when you were 16, you're not alive because every 16 year old says mm-hmm. something stupid. I'm really glad that social media wasn't around when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, and and I mean, to to that point, we even kind of hit on this last week talking about the differences between Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan. Like mm-hmm. one of the main differences is that Donald Trump has social media and Ronald Reagan didn't. Right. Um. Now that has led to you know Ronald Reagan carried himself with class, and and I would argue that Donald Trump doesn't. But you know that's neither here nor there. But uh, honestly, it shows you what social media has done to our society and to our culture mm-hmm. with it, with how quickly you can be canceled through social media. Yeah. I mean, it could you be, know. it could be like, like I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the athlete example because that's the one I know pretty well. I mean, there's other examples of it, but it always comes up when, uh, if a pitcher is pitching really well, like it'll be before the, even the end of the game, they get something dug up on them. Because social media is so, e- I mean, it's so easy to go back through their history. I mean, somewhat easy. You just gotta, you just gotta be looking for it. And that's the other thing. You dig up these tweets from 2012, 2010. Like that takes some effort. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I, I've never actually tried to do it. You might just well, be able. Why are these people able- that get paid to find this stuff? That's what I want to know. You might just be able to search Alex Rodriguez says racist thing and, and, and pull it up, you know, and I don't know, but it it never seems to be like if they're not playing well, or they're not, if they're not selling a lot of, uh, tickets to concerts or their movies are bombing. It's never when things are going bad for them It's when things start going well, as people are like, Oh, let's find some dirt on this person and make sure that they, uh, don't have any success because we want to make sure people fail. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a desire to see people fail, and and honestly, I've seen it as a as a complete and total breakdown in in just general civility of our culture. And, mm-hmm. and I'll give you a very very recent example of that. Um, not somebody I would typically defend, um, but it, um, 
Oh, shoot, I just forgot her name. Uh, she's the senator from California. She's the on the Judiciary Committee. So, Dianne Feinstein. Dianne Feinstein, that's her name. Okay. So Glad I can she, help with that. <laughs> she is... She is by far, like, one of the most liberal people in Congress, period. Um, her voting records, her policy stances, somebody that I would disagree with probably 75% or more on, on any particular subject. Um, she is the leading minority person uh, because the... Democrats have a minority in the Senate, so she's the ranking minority member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, Senator Lindsey Graham is the chairman because the Republicans and all that. So um, they have the confirmation hearings, all of that that has to be done for Amy Coney Barrett uh, to be confirmed. And at the conclusion of those, Dianne Feinstein turns to Senator Graham. And it's the funny thing is this was an off-the-record comment that was picked up by a microphone. It's amazing how many of these live microphones are picking up stuff that's technically off the record, but that's another topic for another day. Um, it, it picks her up basically telling Senator Graham, you know, hey, we disagree, and, and it's okay that we disagree, but I appreciate you um, being honest and fair and giving us, as, as the minority, time to speak and time to voice our opinions and um, and I, I really appreciate that you did that in these uh, Senate com or in these Senate hearings for Amy Coney Barrett. And you would have thought she said, uh, you know, I am renouncing all of my liberal positions. I'm coming to be a conservative. That is what they painted her out to be, simply for saying one nice thing to the chairman of the committee on which she serves in the mm -hmm. Senate. Yeah. And, and she gets lamb-blasted, and now there's an entire movement to unseat her from her Senate seat because of what she said. Yeah. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Now, I am not going to defend her on anything, but she has the absolute right to be civil with the people that she serves on a committee with within the Senate. And if yeah. you can't deal with that, then you need, to, you need to check the misery level and the misery index in your own life because... That is just what you're talking about. That is spurred out of just wanting to see people be miserable. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's this whole idea that like, if you're not with us, you're obviously against us. Yeah. Kind of thing. Everything and, is a mutually exclusive. Yeah. And, and and if you even like entertain the idea of mingling with people who think differently than you, in this case, would vote different than you, have different ideologies, and mm -hmm. and you know different things that you want to see done. Like if you even mingle with them in any capacity at all, well then we're going to cast you out and you're just going to, yeah, you're just going to fall by the wayside. It's really unfortunate because it's not really how humanity was set up. I don't think um, no. we're, we're meant, I mean, it's okay to have different opinions and different views on things and, and voice those opinions and, and talk civilly. I mean, that's, kind of part of the reason why the United States was founded. Um, we, we had very strong beliefs, but we wanted people to be able to speak those beliefs and, mm -hmm. and, and, and say what they want to say without fear of persecution, without fear of um, uh, judgment from, from peers. And, and that's really unfortunate that somebody can approach a colleague, say, I appreciate you giving us time to 
time to speak and time to, you know, argue our case and her and her own colleagues, not, not, not the colleague, not the opponents, but her own colleagues of her own party are the ones that are saying, yeah, um, no, you, you can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's really unfortunate and sad. It it is. It is. And I mean, this is, this is someone who's been a member of Congress for, I don't know, it, at least 2025, maybe even longer, 30 years. I just looked it up. She was born in 1933, so she she'd been around. Yeah, she's she's in her 80s, and and she's old, and she's been in Congress the I want to say the majority of her life. Uh, um, maybe she got seated in the 70s. I don't know, off the top of my head. But uh, you know, again, it's it's where has the civility gone? Because it seems like every time cancel culture pops back up or whatever. It's like you have to one up the last cancel culture that happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, if if we and and I'll, I'll give you another political example, and I think I may have mentioned this last week, but the there's a there's a term that they and when you're going through Senate Judiciary Committee meetings and, and getting confirmed, it's called getting borked, mm-hmm. um, and it refers to uh, a nominee by Ronald Reagan by the name of Robert Bork, and he was a conservative, and he went up before the Senate and they just absolutely ripped him to shreds. Um, mm-hmm. And that campaign was led by da, 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 Senator Joe Biden at the time. And so, you know, you, but you have this thing where they, they intentionally did that to Robert Bork. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they intentionally destroyed him on the air uh, and, and just made him look, uh, I mean, I guess they, they wanted to and they had every right to, but, you know, it, just remember that if if you're going to do something like that to somebody, more than likely it's going to come back to bite you in the long run. Yeah, that, and that's that's the other thing that I don't think these people with cancel culture mentality are thinking of. It's like, just as easily as you want to cancel somebody, you can be canceled for the same exact reason. and And it wouldn't be, you know... I, I could imagine people would argue, oh, you're just racist or sexist or a bigot because you don't agree with me. It's like, no, you did the same thing like six months ago. Yeah. Like we, we were doing like we're eye for eye in here, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's really it's really sad to see hypocrisy like that when people are blind to the fact that they have treated someone poorly mm-hmm. and now when they get treated the same way. They're like, no, 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 this is different. Yeah. That's when you want to sit down with them and be like, okay, well, explain to me how this is different. Can you give me yeah. examples? Because I don't think you can. No, and most of the time people can't. And and that's where that's where I see uh, really and truly the, the, the cancel culture being born out of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I strategically remember, and, and I'm sure – Technically, cancel culture has probably been around longer than this, but just in my lifetime, and, and I'm going to speak for the span of my own lifetime. Um, you know, I remember in the early 90s, mid 90s, when every Baptist or every Southern Baptist, at least, was like, you can't go to Disney World. You have to boycott Disney World because Disney World is making uh, statements in support of. Uh, gays or homosexuals and homosexual rights and and so not to even not to the level that they are now and it's funny that you know in the mid-90s there was this whole i mean there was like resolutions and stuff at the southern baptist convention 
to boycott Disney World because of because of their positions. And there, and maybe I'm just not uh, in tune enough with the history of it or, or know enough about the history of it, but it didn't seem like there was any kind of like conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, should we do this? Or no, it was just like no, nah, they're they're they they support the gays, so we're gonna boycott them. You know. Well, here here's my question on that. Like, let's say you vote to boycott Disney. Like, how do you enforce that? Or is it just something like as a as a convention, the SBC would just be like, yeah, we don't agree with we we don't we don't support Disney. What happens with like? an SBC preacher takes his family to Disney because that's what people with families do. Yeah. It you know? was essentially what we would now call virtue signaling. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it, it was it's basically the, the same thing. It's, it's in the same vein as yes. cancel culture. It's just a different flavor of it. Exactly. It's, it's the opposite flavor. Um, and, and again, that's where, that's where I say don't do something and then get mad when somebody does it to you because everybody's upset now that, you know, the church is being canceled and Christians are being canceled and Tim Tebow can't kneel and pray without being harassed or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, here's the thing. Tim Tebow deserves to be, you know, deserves to have the opportunity to kneel and pray on the football field if he wants to. Just the same as um, some uh, Muslim football player deserves to do whatever he does on the football field, you know, Whatever it is, if uh, if he, I know there's debate over female Muslim soccer players wearing the hijab while mm-hmm. they're playing soccer. If they want to wear it, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that that's I'm not going to cancel you, and I'm going to ask that you not cancel me either. Yeah, you know. Now there there is a difference, and and this is where I think that they that the cancel culture gets it gets it really wrong is they start singling out people for specific behaviors that are not they're not against it they just don't want those behaviors to happen and so um an example would be you know as part of the christian worldview we believe in part of our worldview is that we believe in uh proselytizing or evangelizing Mm -hmm. and so we go and we talk to people about what we believe that doesn't mean you have to listen to us you don't have to listen you don't have to take us seriously you know you don't have to do anything, but but now we're offending people if we do that. Yet someone can come and talk to me about becoming a Muslim, and I can't say that I'm offended by that. Right. Now, in in the the in the scheme of things, I'm not offended by that. That that's their right. I believe it's their right just as much as it is my right. Mm-hmm. If they if a Mormon wants to come and knock on my door and try to convince me to come a Mormon, he's more than welcome to do that. Um, he's probably not going to like my answers and he's probably not going to like that. I invite him into my house and lock my door behind him to make him stay here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) he's not going to like all those things, but, but, uh, you know, I encourage his religious freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to cancel him because I disagree with him. Yeah. I'm not trying to cancel a Muslim because I disagree with him. No. Uh, and, and, and I think that some of this has been born out of this boycott culture that, that the church and, and specifically the denomination that I've been involved with, I, I'm sure it's gone, gone on in other denominations too, but you know, we, if we didn't like something or if we didn't like the, the, the business decisions the company made, it was this, you know, announcement and look at how awesome we are for boycotting this company, mm-hmm. you know? 
and 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 that's again it's just kind of built and grown on itself yeah i i think about this question a lot whenever i hear people say like oh i'm not going to support this company or i'm not going to do support this or this because they do this one thing it's like okay so if you're telling me that you're only going to support companies that align a hundred percent with your belief system your ideology your how you live how you want to live your life like who are you doing business with yeah and like it's, it's 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 literally impossible to do any kind of business in this world. It is with if businesses. You've ever, so if you've ever done a search on like, especially like major distribution brands, mm-hmm. um, so many of them are owned by other companies anyway. You know, they may be small. Uh, I'll use beer since we're since we're a beers and bottle podcast. There may be small breweries. Sometimes even those small breweries are owned and funded by larger breweries. Right. You know, so, so, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to boycott this, this big brewery guy over here, I'm only going to buy from the small brewery guy. Well, guess what? The profits from that small brewery guy go back to that big brewery guy. Exactly. But what, what have you done? Nothing. You have done nothing. Yeah. So I think I think it just makes people feel good to like to say that they've done something, even if they oh, haven't yeah. really done anything. Virtue signaling. Yep. You know, the conservatives accuse liberals of virtue signaling. Guess what? Conservatives, you guys do it too. Mm-hmm. There, there's know. there's no one that's not guilty of it. With and, and the flip side, the the two sides of the coin are liberals get to get to do theirs by showing who they support. Mm-hmm. And conservatives get to do theirs by showing who they're boycotting. Mm-hmm. You know, for liberals, it's oh, we support the the LGBTQ plus, we support uh, Black Lives Matter, we support we support all of these things. And for conservatives, it's well, we're boycotting Home Depot because they support LGBTQ plus, and we're boycotting Lowe's because they support Black Lives Matter. We're boycotting this and that. And so, so conservatives aren't building anything because they're. Boycotting all the hardware stores, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, I'm an equal opportunity shopping at Home Home Depot or Lowe's. I don't care, you know. Yeah. If I'm going to boycott a store, it's because your layout is stupid and I can't find anything in your store. That's what I'm going to boycott for. Yeah, that's. I mean, there are stores that when they change the layout, I get legitimately upset. Yes. Like our local Walmart just completely reshuffled. Dude, they did it to our Sam's here, too. And so we're going to ramble here for a second. So they redid the Sam's. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, yeah, they redid the Sam's to look like the Costco. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, they redid the Walmart here, and I can't find it. It takes me twice as long to shop in Walmart now because the aisles are arranged. Like, they turned aisles completely, like, a different direction. Oh my god! And they added stuff, and they moved stuff around. It's still, yeah. You want to talk about a reason to boycott? That's a reason to boycott somebody. I put your store back. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, I'll still shop there. I don't care, but um, it's just mildly frustrating. Anyway, yes. um, sorry for that. No, it's at this at this point, you've got to know there's going to be a couple of rabbit trails. Honestly, yes. <laughs> yep. So, all right, we, we, I feel like we have identified where we feel like the church has gone wrong in this, Mm -hmm. in this cancel culture, boycotting 
agenda, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. How can the church respond better? How can we encourage the church? Because I'm, I'm, an av- I'm always an advocate. If, if you're going to stay, say this is the problem, offer a solution. Offer mm-hmm. a solution to the problem. So as a church, as the church, how can we, as Christians in the church, how can we better um, go through this, this cancel culture idea and, and still shine the light of Christ and, and not, not be what we've been for the last 20 years? Well, I think we've touched on it already. It's like instead of like anytime somebody who has a different opinion than we do or believes differently, lives differently, whatever it is, anytime we encounter that, instead of saying, instead of putting our walls up and saying, nope, we're not going to, we're not going to mingle with you. We're not going to have anything to do with you. You're not welcome here. Uh, go away like instead of doing that which is what the church has historically done with um not historically but recently done with gays trans uh blm i mean you name it it, 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 that's really got more to do with conservatism 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 Mm -hmm. that's the word conservatism than it does like the church as a whole as a whole because i'm sure there are churches who do welcome those people but i mean speaking from my experience. Um, but instead of like just pushing those people away, inviting them in saying, let's have a conversation. Let's hear where you stand. Let's explain where we stand uh-huh. and be civil about it. There's no need to just be ugly. There's so many people who like it, this, the second a company does something like, Oh, it came out that Apple supports LGBTQ plus. It's like, oh, you're going to get rid of all your iPhones and all your yeah. <laughs> your, your MacBooks and your Apple Watches and your iPads. Like every that's every, not happening. You're going to Android, really? Like, do you realize how stupid you sound? Um, <laughs> so you know, and, and that's that's a silly example, but it's it's kind of the reality yeah. we live in. It's like anytime we find out that a major brand supports something that is moderately controversial or that we blatantly don't agree with yeah we're like oh i guess we have to change our whole life now it's like no you don't (laughs) you you don't just just live with it it's it's not you know you're not you're not openly supporting the same things they support just by purchasing the product yeah it's you know it's it's this whole guilt by association thing um, and it's echo chambers. We, we've put ourselves in these echo chambers where all we want to hear is things that we agree with. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the church as an example. They call college students snowflakes and, and this and that for wanting safe spaces on college campuses and all this kind of stuff. Yet very few of the actual real conservatives that I know are willing to engage in debate with an actual real life liberal uh you know because because all they want to do is point fingers and call names and throw up straw man arguments instead of having a legitimate like you were talking about a legitimate conversation with somebody and if all you do is read things that you agree with if all you do is talk to people that you support if all you do is is surround yourself with things that are like you here's a, a news flash you're going to be in an echo chamber yeah 
and and you're going to hear the things that you want to hear all the time. Yeah. And that is just as much a safe space as college students are saying that they want. So you're creating your own little safe space. You're just not calling it that. Yeah. It's, it's no different than if you grow up or even as an adult, if the only friends you have are people from your youth group or people from your small group, if that's the only batch of friends you have, when a hard question comes up or, or someone, you know, invites you to do a thing that is morally questionable and you don't know how to respond, you look like a fool. Yeah. You know, the next time that you get invited, you're going to, you know, there, there's an opportunity for you to cave in. So in the, in the same sense, like surround yourself with people, not surround yourself, but have people around you who are a little different than you mm-hmm. that way. It, you're challenging your faith a little bit on a more regular basis. Yes. Yeah. If, and, and if you're not, cha- if you're not challenged by your friends, then you don't really have friends mm-hmm. because a, a true friend is somebody that you can disagree with. You can have conversations with, heck, you can have arguments with. And when that argument is over, you're like, man, let's go get a beer and relax and hang out. You know, yeah. Let's, let's put that aside and be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of my best friends are friends that I've had huge arguments with, you know, we've, we've had knockdown drag outs and, mm-hmm. and, and, and through it all, because it's, it's people that I know I can trust people that I know I can be honest with. I can share, man, this is the way I feel about this. And they're going to go, Hmm, that's a, that's a really bad idea. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to go, eh, you've thought that through pretty well. I disagree with you, but, but you know, to each his own, or, or they're going to, you know, they're going to say, you go do as, as you feel led or as your conscience leads you. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, if, if you're, if the people who are around you, yeah, man, you're awesome. That's great. And, and you're right. That, that person's wrong and that person's dumb. And mm-hmm. I can't believe that, that, that they said that. And, you know, you're surrounding, again, it's, you're surrounding yourself with people who are not, telling you the truth they're telling you what you want to hear so those yeah. are not your friends yeah if all you hear is how great you are and how great things are going for you and there's never any like real conversation about like hard things then the foundation you're building is not being built on solid ground yeah, yeah. And, and when and when it finally gets to be too much you're not going to have a strong base to to cling to and, and it's just going to be worse than it really should which, be. Which, honestly, I, I believe what you just said is, is what we're about to experience in, in our culture. We've had people who have sheltered themselves for so long uh, over the last 15 to 20 years. They, they've, they've built echo chambers, and now with the advent of, of social, social media and, and how fast we can get news and information... Mm-hmm. those shells and those echo chambers are beginning to crack. And you're seeing people who are, who were conservative turn liberal. And you're also seeing people who were liberal turn conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing a, a breakdown and a fracturing of that, that uh, I guess you could solve that, that, that click mentality mm-hmm. where everybody just kind of separates out. Yeah. Um, but but on on the same note, we're also becoming more and more polarized in our society. Yeah, 
where the people who the loudest voices, the people who are the most angry are the people who are getting the attention because the, if, if the news can't sensationalize it, then it's not news. And well, you can't sensationalize a guy wanting to have a genuine, honest conversation, but you can sensationalize, uh, Joe liberal and, and Johnny conservative yelling at each other. Right. You know, <laughs> um, so, so we are being polarized, but we're also seeing the, the tearing down of, of some structures that have been in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting times to live in to say the least. Yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> 2020 has been the most interesting year of all. <laughs> I can't wait for 2020 to be over and be, be just into 2021. You are not the only one. So you're not the only one. So there's a little bit of discussion and, and you got more to add on to that. Uh, no, I'm good. That's, I feel like we kind of wrapped that up right there. Yeah. That was a good, good bow that we just tied on that thing. So that's right. So Patrick, if they want to get a hold of us on social media places, where would they do that? You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and Bible podcasts and looking for our logo. And you can also reach out to us via email. We are over at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any topics for discussion, you'd like for us to, to tackle or any beers you'd like to suggest that we can try to get our hands on. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to know how, what you think of the podcast as well. So, um, by all means, let us know. And, and if you have any suggestions on how we could, uh, make this thing better for our listeners, we would love to hear that as well. We always want to get better. Yes. Construct. We'll take constructive criticism any day. And we won't cancel you. I promise. Maybe. No, we won't. We won't cancel you. <laughs> we'll have an honest discussion and not change a thing. That's what will happen. That's right. That's so, right. Just so until kidding. next week, we hope you have some good cold beer, have some good discussion, and we will see you later. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 